guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Show. This is Andrew Frezza with Coach Austin Bettigrew from Fit Town. And today we are gonna be doing part one of the road to 70,000 as a coach. So this is gonna be an ebook that we're gonna be putting out. Uh, the link to that is gonna be at sevenfigurebox.com slash road to 70K. We'll remind you of that link at the end of the show. Uh, but this is gonna be a two part episode to break down how coaches can get to $70,000 a year, um, which we believe is a, a huge benchmark for coaches to get to. Um, so let's start there with the why behind the 70K. Uh, why do we pick 70K, Austin? Where's that number? Well, um, so first off, there, there have been a couple studies that have shown that 70K in general is kind of the, the, the peak of happiness as far as financial goes. So if you're below that 70K number, um, there may be extra stress involved with just everyday living and anything above that doesn't really fulfill anything mm -hmm. in a person. And in the 70K figure, uh, for the most part, allows you to live a life that you want to live and be able to afford most things that you want to afford, um, at least in, in a given realistic yeah. life. Yeah, obviously it's going to vary depending on where you live, if you live in a big city versus a small town. So the 70K number is definitely not perfect. The thing that I would encourage people to do, and this is really unrelated to coaching. I mean, you, know, you might not even be a coach listening to this, but just start to understand what actually money is. You know, money is not, is not money. Money is in some cases a, a way to buy back your time. Sometimes money is a ability to do cool things. It's experiences. Sometimes money is food and shelter and, and something to survive and understanding what money is as a tool for those things can allow you to realize where does money add the most value to your life and where does money not really add any value at all and sometimes when we focus too much on money in the sake of material things it can actually get us off track and one of the reasons i started the gym was because i thought about if i had all the money in the world if i would have won the lottery and i had a hundred million dollars in the bank and i didn't have to work again this is what i would want to be doing and really for me, money is just the ability to create more of this amazing stuff with the gym and the podcast and reaching more people. It's not necessarily because I have this huge goal of something I want to buy outside of the gym. So I would just encourage you guys to understand why you want to make that. And if, if you're not really sure why, we're giving you this 70K number as a great number to say, you know what, 70K should be the number that allows you to do many of the things that you wanna do. Yes, there might be some big trips or some, some big purchases, a home you may wanna, may wanna buy in the future that you need more for, but um, ultimately this should give you a great lifestyle. I, th I think it also takes the stress of your necessities, the things you need to live, a house, food, like all that kind of stuff, you don't really yeah. have to worry about it. You can afford to pay for that. And then like you said, the more extravagant things or things you might have to stretch a little bit on, that's where the variable can, can come into play. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about how this math breaks down with, with 70K per year, because a lot of people just see that number and they have no, they have no context of what that even means. So what it, what it means, the way it breaks down is if you wanna do some simple math, you can actually take the 70K, $70,000, and if you divide by two and remove the three zeros, that might sound like a lot, divide, <laughs> remove the three zeros first. So 70K equals 70, and then we divide by two and we get 35. That actually is a great, easy way to find out an hourly rate that's gonna get us to 70K a year. So if we average $35 an hour, for 40 hours a week, which is a normal work week by typical corporate standards, 
and we work 50 weeks out of the year. So we actually, in this case, would have two weeks of unpaid vacation. Um, that equates to exactly 70K a year. So one of the easiest ways to work down or work up in this equation is to just divide by two or multiply by two. So maybe you say, well, currently I get paid to coach $22 a class. How many classes would I have to work? Or if I'm working a 40 hour week of just classes, what does that even end up in the year? Well, we double that number, we get 44, we add three zeros to it. And in theory, if you could coach 40 classes a week for 50 weeks out of the year, you'd be making $44,000 a year doing that. I don't think you can do that very long. Great, yeah. I, would not, I would not attempt that. Um, but what you can do is say, okay, I'm making $22 an hour as a coach. I also have this role at $18 an hour. I also have this role at $25 an hour. How, what does that average roughly look like? And if I were to fill my schedule to 40 hours a week, now I can see where this might end up on a yearly basis. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the, the part that becomes tough for some coaches is, like you said, they may be in a situation where, you know, they're only given 10 group classes a week and then they're getting that, they're getting that $22 um, per hour class um, payout from it. And it's like, well, that's not going to get me there. Um, and then you have some coaches who are doing that, plus they're doing a, a ton of other stuff that is kind of unpaid in a sense, where you, you may have some PT clients and you're like, man, I work way more than 40 hours in a week um, just you know, filling the time to program for them or do whatever you need to do. Maybe you have nutrition clients, things like that. You just have a bunch of extra work on the back end that almost goes unseen that yeah. is definitely a part of your time. Yeah, that's the hardest part about our profession as coaches is that it actually is really hard to work a 40-hour week. You you have so much time. If you Let's say you coach three classes in the morning. That's not just going to be three hours out of your day. There's likely going to be time spent before and after those classes with spent building relationships with members. Some of you might be at a gym where there's a gap between classes. You have a 30-minute window that you can't really do a lot with but it still is time out of your day that you can't spend working on something else. You often have an early morning and an evening schedule, so you're kind of burning the candle at both ends, and then you have this break in the middle of the day, which isn't always easy to fill. So sometimes with a lot of coaches, they are actually getting 30 hours of paid work or 20 hours of paid work, but it can feel upwards of of 150% of that, like almost double that because of the amount of time that you're still spending in the gym and those extra minutes that add up. Yeah, I know for us um, here at Fittown, we, if, if you're an opening coach, you, I mean, you're in charge of the lesson plan for the day and that could take anywhere from 10 to 30 potential minutes, you mm -hmm. know, finalizing that, getting it sent out to the coaches. And then the next day, I mean, you're there 30 minutes before the gym opens to get it all open and ready for the, the clients to come in. And although we are paid for it for that time, it's still extra time that doesn't seem like like work, so yeah. to say. Like it's not your actual coaching duty. Um, and there's some gyms that don't pay for that, so that's just work being done that isn't, um, yeah, being being paid to do. Yeah, and if you have if you do personal training, you should be preparing for those sessions, showing up early for those sessions. So even those though those are at a higher hourly rate, which is great there's gonna be preparation and things that aren't accounted for. Mm -hmm. um, continuing education is another one that you need to spend time on. And realistically, that should be above and beyond your 40 hours in a week, even if you were filling 40 hours. But that can be another place where coaches lose time. They feel like they're 
putting time into their careers or into their job, but it's not necessarily paid hours. It actually costs them money to do continuing yeah. education. So where we would recommend a lot of coaches start with any of this is just to do an audit on yourself. Don't try to figure out too much of where you want to go. Have an idea, obviously we'll talk about having a vision for that, but start with figuring out where you are at today. Audit how many paid hours of work you're doing. Audit where a lot of these excess hours are being lost just due to these gaps in the day and, and all the things we just talked about. And then figure out what is your hourly rate? What is your yearly salary if you were to keep up in this current status? Yeah. What have, what have you learned? I know you've done versions of audits before. How has that been valuable for you, Austin? I think it changed depending on where I was um, as a coach and at the time. I remember when, when I first got into it, there really wasn't anything you could give me that I was going to say no to. Like any opportunity, any extra I could add on to the work, like I wanted to do that. Um, as things have changed in my life, I've added a kid and things like that, I've definitely had to take a step back. Um, what, like, Think about what I really want to do, but also think about what's going to maximize the amount of money I can make for our family, um, but also keep me around my family as much as possible. Because I think if I worked as much as I did when I first started coaching, I would almost never be home um, to, be, to be with my daughter. So for me, the thing I had to take um, more ownership of is where I was technically getting paid. And for me, I figured out, obviously it's pretty obvious, but the highest you know value thing you can do is one-on-one -on -one training. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I could step up there. Um, group classes are always just like a solid place to start for most coaches. Like um, it's just a set amount of money for most people, like a set, like here, here we're salaried, so it's just a set amount. And anything on top of that that I feel like I can fit um, and not overdo myself, I felt comfortable adding. And I think um, what tends to happen and what I would do back in the day is just <laughs> overdo it. Just here's my schedule and then I have all this room, I'm just gonna stack, stack, stack. And then you get burnt out. Um, in the beginning, I think mo more coaches should, should do that, should play around with potentially burning out just mm -hmm. to see what you can handle. Um, but also just to show like your coach and owner um, that you're willing to do whatever it takes to help them improve their business. And usually um, that looks pretty good for you. I also think you should be willing to do it regardless. Um, I know like when we started like a cleaning shift thing here, there was some people upset about it, but I was like, of course I'll take it. Like I get to make money doing it. And then also people like when the gym looks clean. Like to me, that's not like a horrible thing. <laughs> it's kind of a win-win, right? I make money and uh, it looks better for the members. So there's just, there's just a, a bunch of different ways you can just step back, look at the whole picture of the facility, and then also look at your life and where you're currently at. And if this is something that you really want to make like a, a fulfilling career, like there's times I think in the journey that you have to be completely willing to sacrifice some things. And for most people, that's time. Um, so that in the, in the long run, you can get to more in the groove of where you want to go. Um, but I know that's where we're leading, but a lot of coaches are totally impatient in that process and they want to just jump to their perfect day right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to break this down in detail. That's going to be the most, most of what this episode is spent on and talking about specifically the difference between chasing 40,000 a year, 70,000 a year, a hundred thousand a year. 
it's not a linear process through those three. It's, it's almost like three different mindsets, three different approaches, and we're gonna break that down. And one thing that you said, you said this, this idea of burnout, and we may have mentioned this on, on the podcast we did specifically on burnout, but it's something I've shared with a few coaches. I read a book once, has nothing to do with burnout, it's called The Miracle Morning, and it's about morning routines and how much sleep do you really need? And this book definitely promotes sleep. It's, it's big on getting enough sleep. But the thing that they shared in there is often the mindset you go to bed with is the mindset you wake up with. So when you go to bed thinking, oh my God, I only have, I'm only gonna go to sleep for four hours, I'm gonna be so exhausted tomorrow, guess what? You wake up exhausted mm -hmm. tomorrow. When you have that mindset of, okay, it's only four hours, but I can't wait to get out of bed and hit my routine, and I can't wait for this, this, and this tomorrow, you actually can get by for days, weeks, months doing that. Obviously, at some point, the true physical need of sleep <laughs> sets in. And I think that's true with burnout too. At some point, there is a, a physical manifestation of burnout, but a lot of people will project that out mentally yep. way before it actually sets in physically. And I think that if you are excited about what you're doing and you can just really, as you said, get excited to help out the gym, help out the experience of the members, that's gonna push out burnout so much further. It's gonna give you a much more real calibration of when burnout's actually happening, as opposed to just mentally putting yourself into that burnt out state without it actually physically happening. Yeah, I really like that. And we, I think the same podcast you're talking about, we mm -hmm. talked about, you know, having a schedule and actually examining your own schedule. And I think if, and we encourage all of our coaches here to do it, is like, look at your schedule. Are you, are you really working as much as you think you're working? Or in the downtimes, are you essentially just throwing away time? And I've caught myself, I'll feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so like, I'm so like, uh, just burnt essentially of like, I, I can't fit another thing in my schedule or, I have another meeting coming up or this and that. And then I like really look at it. I'm like, I just sat here for the last two hours doing nothing. Um, it's like, that's my own fault. Like that's yeah. my own fault for thinking that I'm doing so much when in reality I have a ton of time during the day that there isn't anything going on. And I think young coaches can get into that mindset early when they don't really have a ton of tasks or a ton of big overarching tasks they'll let little tasks like cleaning the bathroom become a big thing and it might only be a 15 minute project. Yeah. And I get it in a sense where it's like, it's not something you really enjoy to do. So it does carry a little bit more weight, but at the same time, if you allow it to carry a bunch of weight, like you said, it's going to add up much quicker than it could. Um, if you would just really take a look at your schedule, really take a look at the time you're actually putting in and then just kind of realize like, hey, if I really want to get to this point, whatever that point is, maybe it's 70K, like this is just the route I'm going to have to take. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the road to, let's start with 40K first. So the reason we picked 40K as a number, as a benchmark, is we really feel like this is the number that allows someone to do this full time. And that's the first step is if you are not already able to do this full time where you're able to fully support yourself. Um, you know, maybe you have kids, maybe you have a wife that you have to support as well, and that doesn't fit into the 40K box. Um, but generally, when coaches are starting out, they might be married or single, and they're trying to get to 40K first, they're trying to make it a full-time role. And this is a key benchmark, and this is where you really need to take on truly anything and everything you can take on to get to 40K. And I wanna use the math to support this. Remember the math equation we did? 
40K, we remove the three zeros, we divide by two, it's $20 an hour. There's a lot of roles you can find that fit $20 an hour that don't have to look like coaching that you can help out at mm -hmm. the gym with, whether that be social media, photography, events, cleaning, maintenance stuff. You know, hopefully it's, it is in the coaching realm in terms of coaching and personal training and programming. But I would encourage you guys when you're early, if it, it's, if it's a matter of being full-time or not being full-time, you got to take on everything and anything. Yeah. I, I kind of look at it like any, any big job, like you get out of school and you start a career somewhere. There's always the ladder to wherever you want to go. Like, okay, maybe the goal CEO eventually for most people, like you're not going to just get the job as CEO, like unless you start your own company. So you're going to have to start from the bottom. You're going to have to slowly work your way up. And I think for whatever reason, as we get into this coaching realm, it's like, there's two variations. It's like, you know, you're going to not have money, which is terrible too. Like you just expect to be broke because you want to be a fitness coach. Or the other realm is like you get into it and you get into a pretty good spot and you just assume you should be getting paid a certain amount of money without actually building yourself up or getting any credibility really. You're just like wanting to jump to the top. Um, it, it's just a weird place to be in in the fitness industry to see that and any other industry I feel like that's not the case. Like I was just watching the NFL draft like most of those rookies probably understand they're going to have to fight for a spot on the roster. Yeah. They're going to have to fight for the starting job when they get there. And they're excited to do it. But then as a new coach or someone who gets into this, they're like, like, why am I not getting paid as much as Susan? Like, well, Susan's been here for eight years and has this, 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 as far as credentials go and things like that. So, well, you take the, you take the pro athlete, they've literally spent 15 to 20 years of their life on that yeah. thing. They've gotten to a certain skill where they finally can earn money. And I think that's the, the pros and cons of the weekend certification for the fitness industry is that, there, you can, you can begin practicing and making money literally three days after you decide that you wanna make a career out of it. You yeah. can do an online certification, you could sign up for a CrossFit level one, and three days later you could potentially be coaching a class or working personal training with someone, nutrition coaching potentially, and that's amazing. I, I don't really see that as a big negative. I think that's more positive than anything. The biggest negative that I see is impatience in the coach. And I really encourage coaches to treat their first four years or so as an apprenticeship because think about every other health professional out there. Think about doctors. Think about um, your chiropractors out there, physical therapists. Think about lawyers. All of these people have to go through an additional four to eight years of schooling after their main bachelor's degree before they can even make any money. And they have to go into crazy amounts of debt to be able to get to that point where they can eventually, hopefully get a big payoff at the end. A lot of those professions do end up having a pretty decent payoff at the end. Although if you're something like a chiropractor, you have to go through a good amount of schooling and then you're, you know, whether you are able to get paid well really hinges a lot on your business skills more so than just your chiropractor skills. They're very much like coaches in that sense. And we don't have to go through that, but we also have to realize that that first four years, while we're getting paid to develop our skills and learn our professions, it's great, but we can't have such high expectations that it sets us up for failure and burnout. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So let's talk about 70K, all right? So 40K we really believe is you have to do everything that's thrown at you to, um, to get to that number or until you can get to that number 
And then once you get to that number, start to audit yourself a little bit and figure out how you can go from 40 to 70. And it's a big jump up from 40 to 70. And this is where the math is important to know. Again, 70K is $35 an hour if you're doing the 40 hour week for 50 weeks out of the year. So now, here's what you guys have to realize. Any task that you do that isn't in the ballpark of $35 an hour is actually moving you away from that 70K goal. It's not moving you towards that 70K goal, okay? If that's your ultimate goal. Now, if you're going, if you wanna go from 40 to 60 or 40 to 55, then the numbers are gonna work a little bit differently. But if your goal is to get to 70K, you need most of your hours to be spent on roles that are gonna pay you $35 an hour or more. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that comes with that is you now have to take the responsibility to increase your value somehow. And that might mean going into more debt, essentially, like spending more of your own money to make yourself more valuable. And I think where you were talking about patience, this is where a lot of coaches struggle because they're they're in this point where they're like, you know, I'm making whatever, let's just say it's the 40K. They're at the 40K mark and they're like, I want to make the jump, but I don't know if I am willing to spend this amount of money to do it. And it's like, well, then you might not ever get there because your skills just aren't going to develop to the point that allows you to become a 70K coach. And I I look at like any continuing education I do is like if I was going to go back to school for anything, like mm-hmm. I ha- like anyone that goes to college is completely fine going into debt. It's, it's crazy how like simple that people make that look They're like, oh, I'm going to go to college and com- come out and understand that I'm going to be in 50 to 250 plus thousand dollars of debt. And that's just the way life works. Like, okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Um, any certification we do now, there's some expensive ones. And when I say expensive, I'm like maybe $5,000 being like yeah, pretty expensive, it's a higher side. like that's just not that much money. And yes, I guess most of them make you pay upfront. But still, like, if you're not willing to give $5,000 to make yourself $30,000 more valuable to the gym, I think that's an issue you need to look inside and really figure out, like, is this actually the path I want to go down? Um, Do I actually want to become a 70K coach? Um, That's that's just the place I would start because if you're not more valuable, then there's really no reason for your pay to increase and for you to, to even earn your way to that point. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of, this is where I could see a lot of coaches out there saying, yeah, but my gym's not going to be, enable me to do this. And I think you have to take a realistic look at what is the scenario, the setup mm-hmm. of your current gym. And for a lot of coaches, it's going to be either some some uncomfortable conversations or not necessarily uncomfortable, but just some really open and honest conversations with their gym owners. And then for some coaches, it's going to be a decision that it's not going to happen here and I have to move or find another gym in the local area that this can that potential does exist Mm -hmm. right so it's it's not taking out the patient patience element of what we talked about before you still will need to be patient but if you just know that there's nothing in the three five seven year horizon that even looks realistic for me you know this this gym only pays 20 bucks on a personal training session Mm -hmm. and they charge a hundred and i've had multiple conversations about you know, if I'm able to do more, could I get paid more? And it's just not, I'm not breaking through with this gym, my gym owner, then that's a conversation that you probably want to, um, you want to have, and then think about going to a different location. The question I have for you, Austin, is how often do you think that's the case? How often do you think that it, the coach can make it work in their current situation 
versus that coach likely needs to go to a new situation? I think if you'd asked me this one or two years ago, I would have had a different answer. I think you can make it work a lot more times than not now. And the reason I say that is there's not that many gym owners that are going to say no to them also making more money. And there's really nothing role-wise that you're going to do that's not going to bring them value in some way. Now, maybe there's some gyms out there. I just don't see it being possible to make 70K just coaching group classes. You might be able to somewhere. Um, but it's just not a money maker like that and if you to do that you would have to coach so many group classes i don't know if you could sustain it but all the other roles that go into potentially making 70k also help the gym owner so you bringing in personal training revenue most of the time 99 percent of the time they're also going to be taking a cut of that that mm -hmm. helps them that doesn't hurt them and it's usually in hours that the gym's not even being used here's a perfect example like in our midday we're kind of quiet but we have a lot of PT going on. That's yeah. great for the gym. The gym owner probably is not going to tell you no, right? And you can make as much money off PT as you want to make. Maybe it's a programming role. Maybe the gym owner has been spending hours a week doing programming and they just can't focus on anything else because that's in the back of their head. You take that role off their plate. They can focus on what they need to focus on. You focus on the programming. Yes, they potentially have to pay you for that, but in the long run, that's going to give them more time to make more money for the business. That helps them out. So I think two years ago, if you'd have asked me, I said, no, you're probably going to have to go somewhere else. Today, I, I just don't think that's the case. I just don't think people are willing to have the uncomfortable conversation or even just ask. Because um, I, I just don't think there's many gym owners that are just be like, no, I don't really want to make more money. <laughs> yeah, I think if you can really spend the time on your end to do the, the uh, preparation, the work beforehand to know what, what it might look like, yeah. and you can actually show that to an owner, then... Yeah, like you said, it's going to be really hard for that person to say no because it only is providing more upside to everybody. You as the coach, them as the owner, and the members because it's going to be able to add value to people that probably aren't getting that value in the group classes. I think, I think the coach also has to understand that it might take a little bit more legwork by them than they think, bringing the conversation to the table. Um, mostly when it comes to how much you think you could actually bring in. Like, I don't think you should just go in and be like, I want 70K. Yeah. Because they're going to be like, what do you, like, you're at 35K. What do you mean? You want to double how much you're making? I think you need to be able to show them what that's going to look like and how that's also going to affect the gym. Um, and I think if you can do those things, it's going to be really hard for them to say no. That's a great point because we've, we've actually had a version of that conversation with, with coaches in the past. And it's a very, it puts us in a really tough position because mm -hmm. it feels like we're having to pull money out of thin air, especially because a lot of gyms are really just not that profitable. Yeah. The owner's not making that much and you know, you might be doing some simple math, math on the back of a napkin and say they have this many members and the rent is this much, they're making taking home this much a year, but it does not work that way and there's a reason why so many gyms go out of business and most of them don't make money. So if you're gonna be able to say, I, my ultimate goal is to make 70K a year, and I believe it can happen through X, Y, and Z, I would need your support. And this way, it's a different conversation than, hey, this is my goal, how can I get there? And now that gym owners feeling like they have to pull it out of thin air that they don't have. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people start the conversation in almost a negative way, like you're already like expecting a dispute between like you Like you're and not paying me enough. Exactly, yeah, and I don't think that should be the way it's approached because they might be paying you all that's potentially capable of them paying you yeah. right now. 
because um, I think like you said a lot of people do simple napkin math and that's just not the way it works um, there's a lot of bills you're probably missing that come into play um, so yeah I would just go into it with more of an open and just willingness to listen to their their side of it and then also hopefully they listen to your side of it as long as you're bringing them some sort of value in the end yeah um one or two things i want to share and then we'll wrap up this first part one and we'll talk more in detail on how to get there in part two and what we feel some of those more high value skills are um, that you can acquire but one thing i wanted to share was what i feel is really important concept which is if you can get to the point that you are in the top one or three percent of something the amount of money you will make in that the amount of rewards you will get in return is so much more than just being in the top 10 or 15 percent of something so to give more clarity on this i'll share an example like when i was at norwegian cruise line doing sales the top one percent maybe it was more like five percent the top five percent of sales reps often doubled what the top like 80 to 90 percent um people made so the people that were right below the top 10 percent but were like super solid people never would get fired they would be praised all the time they were awesome people they made good money there and they can make a career out of it but the people that really put in that little bit of extra time that little bit of extra effort and they were able to separate themselves into that top five percent let's call it they made almost double those other people and I see the same thing in the gym environment. You know, one of the reasons Austin's done so well here is because he's been that person that has not only taken on so many of these things and said, yeah, I'll do it, yeah, I'll do it, but he's done really well at all of those things. And that's enabled him, it's given me a lot of confidence to be able to give him more things. And then a lot of times we'll, we'll pay him more on things or we'll pay him a salary for things because we trust that he's gonna put in the work for things because he's got a track record to do it. So I think that if you can separate yourself by putting in that little extra work and you might not, you know, you might be the only one in the, on the team, you might have a team of five coaches that you're sort of feel like you're fighting for opportunities with. If you can really be that person that goes above and beyond, I believe more than often than not, the rewards are not going to be, they're not going to be comparable. They're going to be exponential. Yeah. And I think to add on that. I know we keep going back to like being patient about the whole situation. I don't think you can be the coach if you're the one out of five coach that you do something well and then just expect like, oh, why didn't I get something from that? I think you should go in with the mindset that you're just doing it for the betterment of the team and the organization. But what tends to happen is like you said, like if you do it enough, when something big comes up or a new opportunity comes up, you're probably going to be the coach they look at first, which... I just think if you can set yourself apart in any way, like why wouldn't you take that little extra effort um, to do so? Because um, obviously that helps getting you where you want to go as a coach and make it's, this a career. It's such a good point. If, if you are coming into it in a transactional way, you're, the people around you are going to feel that yeah. and they're always going to be protective. And then you're probably always going to be disappointed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Well, let's wrap up on that. We'll save everything else for part two. We'll really break this down into detail and talk a little bit more. Again, if you guys want to get the ebook, which is going to break this down even more detail, give you guys some exercises, help you guys do the audits that we talked about, head over to sevenfigurebox.com slash road to 70K. That's the numbers seven zero and then the letter K. Um, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Well,